From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. Wallet Watch is a podcast brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts, sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games, delivering financial topics in an enjoyable and interesting way. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica. And I'm Amanda. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back, Wallet Watch listeners. I have Jessica here. We're hosting our next episode in our season seven. And tying in with our theme of intentional living, finances, family, and health, I wanted to share a statistic today. According to Debt.com, most parents do not begin teaching their children about finances until they are at least 15 years old. So we really wanted to focus on teaching finances to children and all of the different things that go into that today for our episode. Absolutely, Amanda. That statistic is a little frightening. I feel like our littles need to learn more about financial education and money uh, way before 15. So I would like to introduce our very special guest today. We have one of our own. We have Cecilia Sandoval. She is a senior financial educator here at MSU Federal Credit Union. She's also very well known in the community as Miss CC. So Miss CC, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, we are so excited that you're joining us today. So we know that in your role as a financial educator, you go and do lots of education, especially with children in K-12 settings. So that's one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you into this conversation today. Just to start right off, that statistic about children not learning until 15. When do you think families should begin that conversation about money? I honestly don't think any time is too early. I think that as little as they're understanding what you're doing when you go to visit your financial institution is important. Understanding that this is, you know, called a bank. This is where we keep our money to keep it safe. Or, you know, this is the credit union that we have our money in to keep it safe. Also getting them piggy banks when they're little. That's something that they can start taking their coins and saying, I'm going to put this in my piggy bank to save. Kids start losing teeth at a very young age as well. So essentially at that point, we give them money under their pillow. They should understand what's happening with that money. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to save it? Are we going to put it away for safekeepings? Is there something you would want to buy in the future? Giving that explanation of what money is at a young age is just a great way to get them started. So I know you've already touched on this of like how you gave us some examples of how you can kind of start those conversations. Do you have any other ideas outside of saving money on how those conversations can begin? Yeah, I think it's important too when we're looking at spending, explaining what is our spending budget. I know this is something I did at home as a single mom with a daughter at home. From the youngest, I remember talking to her about budgeting and what that meant. So when we would go to the grocery store and she'd ask for a toy, she needed to understand that that was not something necessarily in our budget right now. That maybe we could get that later, but right now that's not what we have planned for. So students don't think that budgeting means, oh, we're broke or we don't have money, but it means that we have a planned spending and that's not something that was in that plan. I think that's a helpful tip for students to understand or or youth to understand that you don't just go out and spend money because you have it. You have to be intentional with it. 
this is, again, that conversation has to happen early on. When you're looking at things that we're buying just that we need as well, I think it's important to show them, let's look at how much that costs for that brand versus this brand. Showing them that we still need it, but let's look at that better deal. Where can we find that? Making it a game with our youth is really fun, especially those that are younger, seeing, ooh, I wonder if you can find this in a better price, or let's look for that coupon and see how much more we can save. Those are great tools. Also, taking it back to, you know, when they're even younger. Growing up, I remember my family rolling coins and my mom talking to me about, you know, you've got to roll these pennies or roll these nickels and this is how many go in this roll. This is how many go in this roll. I remember learning that very young because that was our extra spending. We did not come from money. So it was, okay, let's look at how much we can get from all these coins. If that was something we were doing way back then, I think a lot of students miss that opportunity because there's those coin counters and it's, oh, just take these and put them in the machine. But that's a great tool for learning as well. They're learning the coins, they're learning what it looks like, they're recognizing the size, they're recognizing how many it takes to make that roll amount. So it's a great counting tool, it's a great coin recognition tool, and then it's fun to do as a family. You're all counting it together and, and having fun putting that together. For sure. And I know you are the lead educator on our Lansing Save program, which is a savings program here in the city of Lansing. We go in, we do the financial education piece of that, which is giving our students, you know, children's savings accounts to save for college or trade school one day. And you work with kindergarten through seventh grade right now, right? Yes, absolutely. Kindergarten through seventh grade, and it starts with something as little as recognizing that coin because it, we do understand that, you know, even with that statistic, not all families do have those conversations. There are a lot of kids who do not know what coins are valued at or what they look like, and they don't learn it until the second grade right now in the curriculum. So having that conversation with them early on is really important. Yeah, we're going all the way up to seventh grade with a program that's a CSA program. So they earn a college savings account at the credit union. These are all students in the Lansing School District. The really cool thing is we continue to follow them on from kindergarten on up and throughout their career as a Lansing School District student. So really fun program. And I love that as we're getting older with them, they're learning more things that are things they're experiencing. Just for instance, for our seventh graders, they had a, a lesson about fraud. So how many of them are on social media? Many. Many of them are doing, you know, TikTok or they're online gaming or they're on Instagram or Snapchat. So being able to talk to them about fraud that happens on those social media sites is just very important to not only inform them, but to help protect them in many ways. Totally. I think that's super important, especially with like the online gaming and the social medias and stuff like that, safeguarding them and giving them that understanding. So you work with as young as kindergarten. So sometimes we get in what, four or five year olds. And what do you find is their general understanding of money? So we've been working with them for a few months now. They identify coins. I know that they also, one question we do ask is, you know, how do you pay for things? Yeah, I think their general understanding of money is that it goes in a piggy bank. So that's their their big reference of, I put this money in my piggy bank and that's what I do with it. So many of them do get piggy banks or have them already. So when we're talking about how money is spent and we say, what do we do with money? Sometimes figuring out how to get them to understand that you take it to the store, you find something you wanna buy and at that point, you give them your money and you get to take that home is where 
they might be missing some of that. So that's a great, when we have that conversation, that's a really fun getting to them to understand this is what spending looks like. They pretty much know what saving is, that they put it on a piggy bank and that that's what happens. And understanding the concept of why we save is what's really important. So understanding that we're saving for something we may need or want later down the road. But that spending of, I have to give them my money and then I get to take the item is one of the biggest things that I always feel like we gotta explain that we give this to them and then you get to take that item home and it's now yours to keep. So getting them that understanding is what, a lot of fun with those that age. Absolutely. I know when we did a lesson similar to that with the kindergartners, we asked, how do we pay for things? And they're like, well, money. And then one student shared, well, my mom uses a card. And so it just makes you kind of think about how observant they are at that age. They are watching everything that we're doing. They are taking it all in like a sponge. And whether or not they understand the concept fully, they have those keys together. Yes, I love hearing about the different topics that you're starting with. And so I'm hearing a lot about coin recognition and then you touched a little bit about teaching them those needs versus wants. And then I love that with the older kids, you're teaching them about fraud and protecting their personal information. What are some of the other financial concepts that you teach in between that, you know, that kindergarten age and then you touched on the older seventh grade age? Yeah, so it goes to various topics. Anything from budgeting is a really big one. I don't think you're ever going to hear budgeting enough going through life, whether you're in first grade or you're a high school senior or you're an adult. So that's a big one that we touch on throughout every year. Again, saving and understanding how to make those choices when it's a need versus a want. So separating those things that you know you want to have and it's that but I really, really want this. And I, you know, this is something I just have to have. And they feel like it's so important to them. But understanding that there are wants that we sometimes have to put priorities in front of before we go out and we get some of those things that we just need. Debit versus credit is something else that we've touched on, which has been really fun to get them to understand. A lot of students are getting debit cards younger. So being able to introduce them to that is also helping them protect them as well. They're using these cards, whether it's from a checking or savings account or a cash app card. Those are very popular. A lot of families are doing those as well. So they have to know how to use that and how to protect themselves with things like that. Those are some of the you know topics. Again, it, it's a lot of, we continue the conversation over and over again. The more we hear it's important to save, the more we hear how we save and why we do it this way or you know putting it away or making sure that it's safe is important to them. And another big, Thing that I think is also important is that students understand that you can trust a bank and a credit union. Unfortunately, what happens is a lot of people do not trust financial institutions just because of history, or they did not have that education behind why it's important to put your money in a financial institution. So when we have these conversations with these students, they're hearing what's carried on. And they are saying, well, I don't know about you, but they see us constantly. They're building a relationship with us. They know we are there every single month, whether it's Miss Jessica, Miss Jamara, or me, myself, Miss Cece. They know they're going to come in that classroom every month and they're there for us. So we're building not only a relationship of we're here for you, but also we can trust them. They know this is a trustworthy person. I see them all the time. I know they're from the credit union. They're here for me and they're telling me that they're here for me. And it makes them feel a lot better. I do think that's huge seeing that consistent face, that consistent person 
talking about, you know, the financial institutions and the concepts and, you know, saving, spending, giving. I know this year we've spent a lot of time talking about giving back to our community in ways that we can do that, you know, with money and without money. What is one of your favorite financial concepts that you get to teach our youth in the community? Budgeting. It's budgeting for sure. Without a doubt, it's definitely budgeting. And, and I a lot of that goes back to my experiences in life that I did not know how to budget 100% when I was on my own. I did not have that initial lessons were given to me. However, a lot of times at that young age, it's, I don't want to listen to this. I don't need to hear this. So going off into my early 20s on my own, I got myself into a lot of trouble. Now that I have the ability to teach budgeting, whether it's to a third grade class or to a fifth grade class or to a class of seniors, I feel like I'm making a difference in at least one of their lives if they're getting some of that concept of why this is important. That is my passion behind it, why it's so important to me is if I can help another student be successful and not go through what I went through, then I've made a difference. And that's ultimately my goal, is making a difference in these students' lives to see them be successful. I know with Lansing Save, it's very, to me, these are almost as if these are my babies that I get to go see and I've watched them grow. Being in the program for the past six years now, seeing some of these students who are older and they still remember me from kindergarten, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, I can't wait to be there when they cross over and they get their diploma and they're walking across that stage. and to say that I helped educate them throughout these years and throughout that process. And it just, it, to me, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it makes my day. It makes me feel like I'm making a difference. And um, I absolutely love it. I don't feel like I go to work when I go to save. I feel like I'm just hanging out with some friends. For sure. That gives me chills. I mean, it's definitely inspiring knowing that you are such a big influence in our community with our children. And I do know by some of the youth in our community, you are known as the money lady. Like I know the kids have stopped you in the store and have sang the pennies, nickels, dimes, and quarters song. So I know that we use our songs as a method to teach our kids about the money too. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's funny because you can, a kid can hear a song. I'll use an example of um, Disney songs that come out and they can sing it word for word. They know everything about that song and they, they can sing it and go through it. So if they learn it in a song, typically that's something they can sing in their head as they're trying to remember what it is that we've taught them. That kind of came about a few years back and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to teach them a song that they can say in their head and they know and they memorize it and it'll help them when they're older. So as I said, second grade is when they learn money in school, but I start teaching to them. We, we do that in kindergarten. So kindergarten, first grade, that way, by the time they get to second grade, it's kind of there. And they're able to say, oh, I know this already. I know that my penny is one and my nickel is five. And, you know, being able to describe those coins. So, yes, I think learning through song is super, super awesome and very fun, too. And I've noticed that even some of our teachers in the Lansing School District, you know, kindergarten at the first grade level, with us coming in, being so supportive of the Lansing Save program and the financial education that's being provided is that, they have pictures of pennies and nickels and dimes and quarters. And, you know, so the kids have those. So they have that constant understanding that when we walk in, oh, we know that Miss Cece's here to teach us today about our pennies and our nickels and our dimes. 
Yes, absolutely. I have a couple teachers who actually have the words of the song written on their wall that they pull out when it's time for Lansing Save, those so the students can recognize the words as well, especially in kindergarten. So that to me is really cool because that's showing that they support the program, they support what we're trying to teach these students. And it just feels good to know that we have that support from those teachers. So I know the Lansing Save program is really excellent and getting that huge impact for the students in the Lansing School District. However, not all students have the opportunity, right? There's probably, I don't know, we have listeners all over the world. So we have listeners in other countries and they might not even have those opportunities. But for some parents that are listening today, do you have any suggestions on where they can find some resources to help them start teaching these topics at home? You know, I think just going online and looking up some of those fun things, there's a lot of fun YouTube videos also that have people who are doing lessons with Lansing Save. We have our own Funtivity Zone videos that we have put out there that has Lansing Save information or some of the lessons that we've done, but for Funtivity Zone. So it's not just those that have to be used in the classroom, but you can also use our resources that are available to all of our members in in the area. We also have some fun apps that are connected within our mobile app that are games that help teach based on the level of the age level of the students. I personally love some of those apps. They're very fun with your saving and your, I think it's Savy Draggy that it's saving money. And those are a lot of fun, different things that you can do, tools that you can use with the students. Because kids love apps, right? They love to be on their electronic devices. So that's a great way to say, hey, let's put a YouTube video on about, you know, watch, you know, MSCFC's use Funtivity Zone where they're seeing a video that we've done before where it's about learning coins or budgeting or fun activities as well as the apps. Yeah, I agree. The apps are really fun. They are. And again, you can find all of those Funtivity Zone videos on YouTube and they're very fun and also educational for students. Something a little bit different than just watching. I know my niece and nephew watch all kinds. They don't even watch TV anymore. They just watch YouTube. It's it's kind of weird. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, I would definitely, you know, put that information out there for MSUFCU's Funtivity Zone. As you guys know, that's a project that I am a lead on. And we have a lot of great content coming out this year that is going to be about our coins, about our bills, things that we are teaching our children in the schools. We even have recordings of our money songs. So if you are interested in teaching your children the money songs that we teach our youth here in the community, you can definitely find those on our Funtivity Zone. But I also know when we are in the classroom, we have a couple really cool books that we like to share. I know some of those are on our Funtivity Zone as well. But do you have a favorite book that you uh, share with the youth, Cece? Absolutely, I do. It is Rock, Brock, and the Savings Shock. It's just a fun story about two brothers who are earning money. So it's teaching students how to earn. So they're doing chores throughout the summer and they're earning money. And then they have a very nice grandpa who is doubling if they save it, but is not doubling if they don't. So one brother likes to save and one does not. And throughout the entire story, not only is it fun just because it rhymes and it's just a fun, silly book, but you know, the one brother who doesn't save his money kind of learns a lesson of, wait a minute, what have I, what could I have done differently? The brother who did save his money 
really at the end portrays everything that we try to talk about with money. So he saves some of it at the end. He does spend things that he's been saving for that he wants, things that he can utilize in his future. But, and then he also gives back. So he does buy gifts to give back to his grandpa who was able to help him with that and then his parents. So it does show all of those things that we talk about, saving, spending, giving, and then he also gives to his brother. So it's a really fun story, one of my favorite books to read. I highly recommend it, I think for all ages. I agree, I love that book. One of my other favorites as well is Give, Save, Spend with the Three Little Pigs by Clint Greenleaf. I feel like that is a book we have read to first grade level and they've understood it. It's about the three little pigs and they learn a really big lesson about saving their money, spending their money, and also giving back. So that's one of my favorites. Amanda, do you have a favorite book you like to to share with youth? Yeah, this one is one that is newer to me that I recently got and it's called Count on Pablo. And in this story, it's really cute because it does talk about money and earning money. There's a young man, Pablo, who gets to go to the market with his grandma, his abuela, and he kind of learns about preparing the products and selling the products. And he actually invents his own new product to sell at the stand in the book. So. And he learns how to count in different ways to make it more efficient when they are preparing to take their stuff to the market too. So that one's a really excellent example of a book to share with children too. So Cece, you lead the Lansing Safe program here in the Lansing area. So we wanted to be able to kind of highlight that program a little bit in this episode. So would you be able to speak on the partnership between Lansing Save and MSU Federal Credit Union? Yeah, so Lansing Save is a program that started eight years ago with the city of Lansing and the Lansing School District. And eight years ago, we started with a select group of schools to go in and give these financial education lessons to. At that same time, we opened accounts with them where kindergartners had the opportunity to start saving in a college savings account for college. So these accounts are opened and they are opened without any social security number or anything like that. The credit union takes on that responsibility of any tax implications. So the students' accounts are open with just their name. They have the ability to make deposits and we follow them throughout their career as a Lansing School District student. So what that means is every year the program goes. So again, eight years ago, we were in kindergarten. This year we are in K through seven. So those kindergartners are now in the seventh grade. We do lessons from December through May, and it's a 30 minute lesson in the classroom where we talk about different things with money that are involved as well as continue to talk to them about their accounts. The students have the ability to bring money in and we would take it back to the credit union and make the deposits for them. The cool thing is, is they can bring in any amount. It could be a penny, it can be a dollar. Any amount that they bring in goes to their savings. And it's not just a regular savings, it is a CD. So it is earning a higher interest for those students. Once they graduate, they have the ability to use all of those funds for college or for trade school, for any educational purposes at that time. So it's an amazing program in in my opinion, just because it is showing students that maybe they don't hear in their household, you know, talks of college or talks of that opportunity. And now they're hearing it on a monthly basis that You know, we want you to be successful. We want you to save for college. And it starts here in kindergarten and it continues that conversation. So 
they, again, it's that trust issue where they're trusting this financial institution now and they, they know what, that, what we are and what we do. And they're able to see that we care about their future. So they're able to see that we want them to be successful. We ask them what they want to be when they grow up. We talk about how important that is with college or trade school or that opportunity where they can be anything they want to be as long as, you know, they, they have that desire and that passion for it. So it is an amazing program and something that, again, I absolutely love doing. I love that. And I love that so many families are having an option to start saving for college or trade school because it the cost is always increasing. Now, do the students have to wait for the Lansing Save teachers to come each month to make deposits in their account or can families make deposits in another way? No, so students actually can go to the credit union and make deposits on their own. So if they want in, they just tell them they're Lansing Save student and the branches can look up those accounts by their name. The parents also have the ability to go to our website at msufcu.org slash Lansing Save and there is documents where they can set up an auto transfer so that funds can become right out of their check and go directly into their student's Lansing Save account, which is a very, very convenient way to save for college. Again, withdrawals don't happen on these accounts, so it is a nice option for that savings for their student. We also have community partners that donate and give back to our students. So what they will do is they'll look at certain areas that they'll say we want to donate to the certain neighborhood. Any student that's in Lansing Save will receive those donations. Sometimes it's to Lansing Save as a whole. We also have our Kroger Rewards Program, which is through the desk storefront here at MSU Federal Credit Union, where when you sign up for community rewards through the your Kroger card, you're giving a percentage. So you, none of your money is actually going to the storefront or Lansing Save, but just by spending groceries and buying your groceries at Kroger, a percentage is going to those students' accounts at for Lansing Save. So that's a really cool opportunity, very easy way to give back to anyone in the community who shops at Kroger because you don't have to do anything but buy your own groceries and that's already happening. That's awesome. It is a wonderful program. I am so thankful that I have the opportunity to be a part of the Lansing Save team too and go in and work with our youth. And there is just something so warm when you walk into the classroom and they're like, Miss Jessica, you're here. Cece, you're here. You know, that's that familiar face. They know what you're there to talk about. They know that we are going to sing that money song and they know that we're going to have a good time. I wanted to share a statistic that Amanda and I did some research on and I just wanted to kind of gain your thoughts on it, Cece. So uh, we had found a statistic that stated a survey of 15-year-olds in the United States found that 18% of respondents did not learn any fundamental financial skills that are often applied in our everyday situations. So such as building a sample budget, comparison shopping, or even understanding an invoice. And as a very passionate financial educator as yourself, how do you feel about that? It's hard to see that. It's very hard to see that because especially at 15, we have kids who are working already. Mm -hmm. So I think that They have to understand when they earn that paycheck what they can do with that paycheck. They have to understand the importance of there are things they're going to want to go buy right away when they start earning money. I mean, you think about it, a kid gets a a $10 bill for their birthday when they're five years old. The first thing they say is, someone take me to the store and they want to go spend it. So at 15, we've got kids with debit cards. We have kids who have an account already that they're using that. So being able to explain to them 
let's put some of that away. Let's save for this. What is it that you're trying to buy? How can you save for it? Making sure you don't have zero dollars at the end of the day when you worked so hard for that money because you don't know what else is going to come out. And you might say, oh, I wish I would have waited and bought that instead. That's hard to hear. But again, I feel like it's because so many times we've gone through all these years of financial education not being a priority. So when it wasn't a priority years ago, I can think of myself being in high school. It was not something that was talked about. It's if you if you didn't hear it back then, you don't know why it's important to teach it to your kids now. So it's breaking that cycle of teaching them that this is something we have to discuss. It's something that has to be talked about. A lot of our community is unbanked as well. So when you're they're unbanked and they don't want to talk about finances because it is scary to talk about sometimes if that's something that they're struggling with, they don't want to have their student or their child here. You know, this is why we have to budget right now because funds are not coming in or we're struggling with this. Unfortunately, then it's not having that conversation and these students are getting that same cycle of, well, I don't, I didn't hear about it. I didn't know about it. So now I'm not going to learn about it. It's hard, It's just so hard to hear. So we want to change that. I think with all of the programs that we're doing at the credit union, within all of the schools, it's helping get financial education out there for all. I think that's what's important is that students and parents understand this is a priority. Everyone has to go through finance part of life. Everyone's going to have to handle money. Everyone's going to have to pay bills. They have to understand the importance of it. 15, that's hard to hear, but it's important. It goes, falls way back, even younger. They have to start sure. hearing this early on to know how important it is. I, I will, I'll never forget that my daughter had a conversation with a friend. So many know I'm a, a little slightly obsessed with Disney World. And this is my favorite place to vacation. She had a friend tell her that you guys must be rich that you get to go to Disney World. And my daughter's response to her, and I think this was in the fifth grade, her response to her was, we're not rich, we just budget. And it's understanding that we can't afford these things just because, oh, here's our money, let's go, let's spend it. But instead it's, how do we save to get there? What do we cut back on in order to make that goal happen? And that's where students have to see that. They have to see it so early on. And unfortunately that 15 year olds are not hearing that. It's, that's so sad. It's very sad. And I think some of that comes from maybe parents not understanding how to explain money or how to discuss money. I know growing up, we didn't learn about money really in school. I mean, okay, we did some government and some econ, but we didn't truly talk about like, what's a budget, how to write a check. We didn't do those simple things. And so that's why I think it's so important that we all get the opportunity to work with different schools in our community, not just Lansing. We work with a lot of schools in uh, the surrounding areas and stuff to be able to get this information out because I know when we are out in the community and we end up talking to parents and they're like, this is what needs to be talked about. Children need to know this. And I just think there's that lack of having those conversations or maybe not understanding it enough to be able to have those conversations. So I think, you know, that's where we can kind of try to bridge that gap. And we might see those statistics go up in, in the future. Yeah, and I think the learning needs to extend outside of the schools and the classrooms as well too. 
there's only you know so much there's all different kinds of ways to learn and there's only so much that you could try and teach someone in a school setting and if parents can be a little bit more brave or vulnerable to let their children in on the family finances and what's happening at the home they can get more of a hands-on lesson and actually see the the true consequences or the true success that can take place and you know ultimately having it happen at home in the house learning these lessons as you're growing up you can be more successful and know what to do as an adult because I know I'm with you Jessica like I didn't really know what was going on and if I would have learned some of those things growing up I might not have made some of the mistakes with money mm -hmm. that I did when I was a young adult. I think thinking about it, finances can be scary for some, especially those who don't know, don't understand how. So when it's scary to them, I think what a lot of parents do is they're trying to protect, protect their children sure. and not bring that scare to them. And we want to protect our kids. Obviously, that's important to us as parents is we want to protect them and make sure that they feel comfortable with what's happening, especially in their home. But I think, like you said, being vulnerable and just saying, let's have a conversation. You know, when you say the student says, I want to go, you know, can we go see that new movie that came out? And you're telling them, no, explain. Right now, we can't go. I want you to understand that this is how much it costs to go to a movie. And right now, you know, and you're thinking about today's economy, gas prices have increased, groceries have increased, explaining to them that, we have to cut other things out right now in order to handle things that have gone up in price. This is why. And it's not to scare them, but it's to inform them and keep them on the know. A lot of times when we do that, those conversations, it it kind of turns things around and how can we do something like going to the movies here at home? Mm -hmm. Let's find a way to make yeah. it fun here. So let's, you know, let's get a movie and let's go get some popcorn and let's have our own movie night at home as opposed to going. So you bringing it in as a family. But again, it's scary. It's scary. A lot of times people who are not quite understanding the finances hide it. So there are those who say, I don't even want to look at that bill. I don't even want to answer that phone call. I don't, you know, they're avoiding it. It's an avoidance. So it is hard when we when we say, but you have to talk to them about it. It's a, it's a tough topic. So it's getting yourself vulnerable, making yourself comfortable. Our students, our children, our youth, we want them to be successful. I don't think there's a parent out there that can say we don't want that for our youth. So those that understand how important that is, we'll see if they're going to be successful, if I can pass this on and, you know, try to bridge that. So any financial education lessons or classes, I know the, cre the credit union offers so many different areas of financial education, and we highly recommend going in and taking a class or hearing a, a seminar and understanding that these are tools for you to help you and we want to better help your future as well as your family. Absolutely. And I think along with that vulnerability, releasing that shame. Money can have a lot of feelings of shame around it. And I think if you can just work on setting that aside for just a minute to be able to, like you said, make that a teaching moment. I've had that conversation with my 13 year old. Mom, can we do this? Mom, can we do that? And it's like, buddy, no, we can't do that this week because we need groceries or we need this or we need that. And just having those honest, open conversations with them, obviously not handing them every single detail, but having those open and honest conversations because they understand. 
you know, they, they, they hear some of this stuff, they see some of this stuff. And so they understand, you know, what's going on in the world and understand they see gas prices when they're riding in the car or riding on the school bus. If they go to the grocery store with us, they see that things, you know, prices have changed and increased. I think it's fun when you go to the grocery store too. maybe give your your child a budget. Say, I'm going to give you $20. Go buy some snacks you want and let them see how quickly that $20 can go with the snacks they choose. It really gives them an eye-opening experience at any age of, well, I really wanted to get all of this. Okay, well, you can only afford two, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so giving them that the idea to see where and how quickly it will spend, that's a great, it's a fun, it's a fun like little lesson at the same time. And you know, you already were planning on buying some snacks, but seeing one, the choices that they might make based on the prices. And do they say, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to the off-brand instead. You know, looking at the cereal, I always know growing up, we always bought off-brand cereal. So now I'm just someone who is really passionate about not buying off-brand cereal. <laughs> but in looking at, you know, what can you do? What purchase can you make differently in order to make that happen? So make it a game. I love that. And it just sparked a memory from my childhood. So I'm one of five children. And I remember when we were young, we really wanted a trampoline. So we convinced our parents to let us get one and we decided that we would split it five ways. And we realized, wow, having five of us makes things a lot less expensive for each of us because we only have to save so much. And we still do that as an adult when we're buying um, gifts for our parents. And yeah. it's 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 so wonderful to kind of have that team and have those conversations say, hey, like this is our budget. Each person can contribute this much. And there's been times too when you know my younger brothers may have been in school that I would say, I have a job, I'll do a little bit. Can you do this much? And be able to continue having those conversations as adults. For sure. I say, you know, if you are a parent out in our community or you're one of our listeners out in the world, you know, definitely check out our website, www.msufcu.org. We have a lot of resources out there. Like Cece and Amanda have mentioned, we have our MSUFCU Funtivity Zone that is loaded with youth videos and lessons, uh, financial education lessons. But we also offer a seminar series that is free to the public. So you can sign up for one of those workshops if you're interested in learning more about budgeting or credit or other topics that they are going to be discussing this year. So I've really enjoyed the conversation that we've had so far, and I wanted to share another study that we found. And according to a panel study of income dynamics, and this was conducted by the University of Kansas, children who saved between $1 to $500 for college are three times more likely to enroll in college or trade school after graduation. And they are four times more likely to graduate versus students who do not save at all. I think that's a really powerful statistic, even just having $1 intentionally saved for college changes that mindset for that student. Do you know of any other strategies or ways that families can start saving for that cost of that higher education? Yeah, so a couple of things. One with that mindset is that's the conversation, right? It's talking to that student and saying, you know, as soon as you graduate, when you go to college. So it's not if you, it's when you go to college, continuing on that conversation 
So that student has that passion and desire to say that this is part of school, right? We don't stop at middle school and say, you know, you're done. It's when you go to high school. So having that conversation kind of gets them in that that mindset of, this is the next step in my career, right? Of my educational career. There are many different savings plans out there in regards to saving money for college. I would definitely just do your research to see what's gonna work best for you. Anything that you put away, whether it's just opening a certificate in your financial institution or going into some of the, you know, other college savings plans that are out there within, you know, within the state or, or even further on, looking to see what's gonna work best for you. Everyone has different tools and resources that they might feel more comfortable with. So starting those are, is a great step. When you have one open, it's this is this is my plan. This is what I want for my child's future. And that's gonna help, you know, in general anyways. So looking at that again, I can't I can't emphasize enough, do your research, really look into how does that money come out? What happens if, you know, a different situation happens, whether it's in state or out of state, whether the student decides that, you know, they want to do trade school versus a university. So making sure that you look at all of that is really important because I do know there's several options out there. For sure. I think doing your research is going to be huge because I know different states offer different programs, different financial institutions work with different companies to offer different programs. Thank you on that. Before we wrap up, Cece, uh, we wanted to ask, was there maybe a piece of advice for our listeners or something in regards to the impact of financial education that you want to leave our listeners with today? I think my biggest thing is we have to feel comfortable with having these conversations. So if you're not comfortable about talking about your finances, reach out, find education classes that you can do. Again, I know we mentioned our seminar series, figure out ways that you can get that comfort back in your level of talking about finances, because once you're comfortable with it, these conversations with our youth are just so important to have. They have to understand what we're going through at the same time as why it's so important. I know that I've done financial education with as young as two-year-olds at a tutor time program, and it's talking talking to them about what is that money? What is a coin? What does it look like? What do we do with it? Bringing that conversation as early on as you possibly can is so important. So making sure that you have that open conversations, you have that piece of how can we make it a game when we're at the grocery store? How can we make it enjoyable when we're saying we have to cut back on certain things in order to pay for other things? Really just, it, it's all about that communication with our with our youth, with your family. Um, bring the whole family in on that conversation if, if it's something that you need to do. That That's probably my biggest piece of advice. I know that that has done wonders for myself and for my daughter, and it's just getting her the knowledge of this is what this means and this is why it's important. This is why we save and this is how you save. And that budget piece is huge. Everyone should have some sort of spending plan or budget in their household. I can't emphasize that enough. So when you do, make sure that your family is aware of that and that conversation is happening. That is so impactful. Cece, thank you so much for coming in and being here with us today. I hope our listeners have been able to, you know, have some takeaways to maybe uh, jump over those hurdles and start having those conversations with their families, talking about money, you know, learning how to kind of be a little vulnerable and the impact that it can make with our littles. 
I think one last thing I just wanted to make sure I mention is that the only wrong way to have a conversation about money is not having it. So as long as you're doing something where you're introducing it, and if you're not comfortable with talking about budgeting, then let's just talk about coins. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about putting it in a piggy bank. Having a, any type of a conversation is going to be the best thing you can do. So again, the only wrong way is not not having it, not having anything happen at all. Thank you for that. And I just echo what Jessica said. Thank you for coming and sharing all of your knowledge and your expertise in this area of talking with children and teaching children about finances. We really, really appreciate it. And I am sure that our listeners will have a lot of things that will be helpful with their families as well, too. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight. We thank you for being a loyal listener of WalletWatch. Speaking of loyalty, we have an awesome program that we are confident our listeners will love. Local loyalty is all about benefiting our members while supporting local businesses. The local loyalty program allows our members to take advantage of discounts simply by using their credit union debit or credit card at a participating business. Discounts include BOGOs or percentages off certain products and services at participating businesses. To see all of the savings you could take advantage of, visit msufcu.org forward slash special offers. If you are a business and would like to learn more about local loyalty and how you can take advantage of free advertising or would simply like to obtain additional information, please email localloyalty at msufcu.org. Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Amanda Khan and me, Jessica Rubio. Our executive producers are Ariana Saldana and Lauren Kolarzik. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.